I remember talking and checking my followers before and then checking my followers after. The room maybe had 400 people. And I think I gained maybe 100 followers in what would be, I don't know, a minute and a half of talking. Hello and welcome to our listeners. Today, I'm talking with a very special guest, Abraxas Higgins. After working at Wall Street, Abraxas became a thought leader, an impact influencer and a social audio strategist. What that is, we hopefully will find out in the next 35 minutes. Additional, this is the last episode of Partners in Time before we're going to take a short break. In this time... Our guest, Abraxas, will entertain you with a special Clubhouse kind of version of this podcast. So he's going to be on Clubhouse. He's going to record it and we're going to put it up here in our Partners in Time podcast. I'm very excited to welcome the power man today and find more about his passion for content creation and the upcoming project he's going to have with IWCX Abraxas. Let's go. What's up, Abraxas? How are you? Very pleasure. A big pleasure to have you here in the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, as I said, I've been a fan of the IWC family for a while. So it's, it's kind of a weird that I'm here now talking to you. <laughs> Where are you right now? Like what's the, it's a, it's a room underneath the roof. I think it looks like it. I can see you. Yes, Everybody yes. else can only hear you. So, so. Where are you physically? I'm currently in London, I'm physically okay. in London at the moment. Um, I've lived all over, but I'm physically in London right now and really, really enjoying it, to be honest. Um, Which part it's, of London? So I'm over in like Northwest, kind of on the outskirts. Um, it's really quiet. You know, I get deer in my garden. Um, <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. It really is. But you are British. So just to, because I, I want to get to know you a little bit. So you are how old and your nationality is British, right? Yes. So um, I always, I, I'm elusive with my age, very early 30s. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yes, I, I, I am British, but um, I would say I've, I always say this, I say, um, you know, I'm in it, but not of it, if that makes sense. I got the opportunity to grow up in a few places. So okay. um, I got to learn a bit about myself through traveling. Okay. What's been the best place? Oh, man. Um, do you know what? There's <laughs> one place in particular that kind of just, it, it just holds a special place to me. It's going to have to be Kyoto, Japan. Has to okay. be. Oh, why? It was, I've never been to a place where I felt so, everything was new. It was like I was a kid again. You know, I just, I didn't understand much of anything, um, yeah. just culturally, but the food was fantastic. The architecture was different. Um, just the way in which people would engage with each other was different. Um, and I, yeah, it was just a complete sort of, it was an out of body experience. And when it was over, I was so sad. <laughs> and did you, did you go back? Did you, have you been there once or a couple of times? Do you know what's really funny? I have like a host family um, that lives. So I stayed with a host family for a very long period of time. It was pretty much, I think it was for two summers straight. So I stayed for the entire summer, which would have been two months Ooh, okay. uh, Well, while I was in school. So yeah, I um, got to stay there for a very long time. But every time I went, it was just, it was such a short, brief, fleeting moment. Um, yeah, big, big, big love for, for that place, honestly. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've been a couple of times to Japan and Tokyo was hard for me to understand to be honest mm. but I've, i've had my best times in osaka 
I don't know, like a friend of mine played soccer and Kobe and like they in together, I think you need to have some sort of introduction into Japanese culture, like mm. maybe your family, your host family over there or whoever yeah. did that for you. But um, yeah, then it's a beautiful country and a very, very interesting, a lot to learn there. That's that's my main thing, I think. Yeah, you got it. You hit it right on the head. It's all, you know, I wasn't a tourist because... You know, I had this host family who ensured that I did things that Japanese people would do. So it yeah. didn't feel like I was a tourist. It felt like I was, I was their son. And till this day, I still call them, you know, I still call my mom, you know, Okasan, which is, my, you know, mother in Japanese and okay. my brother, you know, on East Side. So it's, 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 it's really interesting, but I still have like a lifelong relationship with them. Um, and can't That's wait to go back actually. That's so good. That's so good. So what's your job? Because like I'm, I don't know if you know what I do. It's a little weird. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm struggling explaining people what my job is. Um, I'm, I've, I read some things about you. I tried to find it out. I'm, I'm super curious. How would you introduce yourself uh, in a professional way? What's your job to our listeners? That is a great question. So what is my job? Um, <laughs> where do I start? So it's interesting. It's interesting. First of all, I would, I break it down into three parts. I am a thought leader. Um, yeah. and by thought leader, if you think of, you know, the way an influencer on Instagram would maybe influence with pictures, um, I try and do that with conversation, uh, you know, harboring conversation with people that are bright, funny, interesting, and you never seem to know what's going to happen because these things kind of happen live. Um, so that's one aspect of what I do. The other aspect of what I do is I'm a strategist. Um, and I've had the opportunity to work with some well-known artists. Uh, I'm not going to say any names because I don't want don't to embarrass them, but I've worked with some well-known artists and um, I've kind of helped them get through periods where they're trying to launch new music. So it's been for musicians mostly. Um, and the other thing that I would say um, I do, which is a little unusual, is it's, I'm not too sure how I would explain it, but I would say I'm an agent for change. Um, as somebody who quit their job, um, super corporate job, I quit. Uh, what I try and do is help others navigate how to kind of let go of jobs that no longer serve them. Um, I always say, just jump, you'll learn how to fly on the way down. So those are the three things I do and a bunch of other things in and around that, that circle, but it's quite tough to narrow it down to one thing. Okay. And is that part of your personal story as well? So Did you quit a job? What What did you do before that? Like, is what was your professional path? Did you What happened after school? Yes, that is a great question. Yes, I did. I quit a job I absolutely hated. Now, one thing is, um, no disrespect for the company. I just never mention the company's name or anything like that because yeah. it's more about my journey <laughs> than anything yeah. else. But um, long story short, I worked in finance, and okay. it just grinded me the wrong way. I just I couldn't find the meaning I couldn't it felt like an uphill battle every single day and the day that for I your, quit can I can I interrupt sure. you there for yourself yes um okay. so oh, did I work in finance for myself or for a firm no no the the, the battle was the battle with yourself oh. or what was the battle with the company or because like I Good want to find question. out about this this is a great question I think it was 50 50 part of it was it was archaic It was just old and there were processes that I thought just didn't make sense. If we could kind of do them in a different way, things would be easier for all of us. Um, but that's just the way it was. And you couldn't really challenge certain things. And the other part was, strangely enough, I assumed 
I would have an interest in it. It was an assumption that I made while I was in college. And I didn't. I just, I didn't care. While my, you know, everybody that I worked with was reading the Financial Times and The Economist, I was reading, you know, Hype Beast and High Snobriety, looking at the latest fashion. So it was just, there was a disconnect, you know? 100%. But, um, so your current job, is it how close, like how, if you compare it to what you quitted, is there any parallels or is it totally different? Is it the same? Is it, what's, yeah, what's happening there? It is completely different. Um, I so think you're on your own, right? I am so on, my, I am on self, my own. Yeah, okay. Yeah, self-employed, do my own thing. Um, you know, you're always sort of looking for, for new work and looking for new ways to challenge yourself. Um, so very, very, very different. So interesting. So, and how many people did you think you help quitting their not happy job or whatever you say to that job when they, cause, cause all that change topic is super interesting, I think, because it, it it's worth going the extra mile. It's worth quitting. It's worth ending something. And it's, it's, I'm 100% like on your side of things because Everybody, my career was very, I got super lucky regarding timing. Um, but timing is also um, when you start a thing, but also mainly when you quit, when you stop something. Yes. That's, that's the way, way bigger part of timing because it's super hard. You know, <laughs> like you're, 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 and you have to listen to the right people. And it seems like you're maybe somebody who tells you an opposite yeah, opinion than your mother or your partner or something, which we sometimes listen too much to the mother and the yeah. partner because, um, yeah, sometimes an external opinion is more interesting. How many people you think quitted their job because of you? This is really interesting. So now, um, you know, my Instagram following has grown and, you know, all these things have happened. And I get messages from people, some that I worked with and some that I didn't. And they're just like, you know, you know, I've just quit my job too. Thank you so much. You know, I heard you speak in this and I've just quit. And, you know, and it's great because my whole thing is this, I want to have, you know, an actual relationship with these people, you know, as and when I can, you know, as my following starts to grow, it may be more and more difficult, but as of right now, yeah. Like if somebody quits, like, yeah, let's talk about it. Like, what do you, what do you think you want to do? Um, and it's not for me to give them any ideas. It's just for them to, to for them to have somebody to talk to because, When you quit your job, there's this feeling of euphoria. Mm -hmm. And then there's this feeling of dread. You're like, what did I do? Where am I going to get money from? What is going on? <laughs> and it's very easy when you have the euphoria, but when the dread sets in, it, it's quite tough. So it's just letting people know that that feeling is normal. You know, what is it you want to do? Uh, one thing I always tell people to do is go back and read. If you have any of your old reports, right? You know, if you have to ask your parents, but any really old reports that you have from primary school, they'll kind of tell you what you were interested in as a kid, well before the world kind of changed and tainted your view, before you knew what money was and, you know, clout, so to speak, was and all these other things. What were you truly interested in? So reading those old reports is one thing I always tell people to do because you may find something that you, you know, have an interest in that you maybe long forgotten. And you think that interest is the main thing you you should first find out and then follow career-wise? I think there's a few things you have to juggle. I think the first thing is you should kind of have a reset. And by mm -hmm. reset, I mean you need to do something that takes you out of where you are um, completely. 
um, whether that be going on a vacation, whether that be whatever it is, but something that takes you away from the immediate sort of situation you're in. Um, the second thing is, yeah, you have to figure out what your interests are. You have to be interested in something in some way, shape or form in order to be good at it. Right? I think once you like something and I give the, the perfect example I can give is this. Let's say, you know, you play chess and I like to sprint. I'm a sprinter and you're a chess player. I can play chess and I don't mind playing chess, but it's not my favorite thing to do. I enjoy sprinting. But every day we go to work me and you, we have to play chess every day at work for three hours. When I stop playing chess, that's it. I go home and I'm practicing sprinting and I'm doing other things. When you go home after playing three hours of chess, whatever it is, you're reading about chess because you're interested in it. You, you, you embed yourself into the culture. So having an interest in something makes a humongous difference on how you feel about your work. Makes total sense. It's so nice listening to you. Um, and if you don't find that interest, like, because because I've, I've, I'm, I, I, for myself, I think I'm a little bit stupid <laughs> and uh, it, it, I'm super amazed by so many things. So it's, I'm not struggling finding my interest. I have too many <laughs> interests. Um, uh, but I see a lot of people, I, I got, I get that question a lot. Uh, people ask me, how do you find out what you want to do? What's your interest? Like, like, is there other than the reports of the youth, is there anything else you can, you can give advice uh, about how to find your interest, the topic of your work or wherever you want to go, your chess, you know, like how, how do you find that? And so, yeah, one, I would say definitely, if you have those to hand, definitely try and read those reports. But the second thing I would say is, and it's a bit more of a weird practice, um, And it's all about kind of distilling and taking things away, taking away a lot of external stimuli. Um, so I went through a period where I just not got rid of things, but I kind of got rid of things. I got rid of anything that was sort of distracting. Um, I changed my diet. So one thing I always say is change brings on more change, right? You're in this state of change and you're not quite too sure what you want to do. You have to start doing new things, right? So I started trying new food which mm -hmm. then led me to reading new books, which then led me to doing all these other new things. And once you start to pitter and patter around, you then start to realize that, okay, well, I maybe have an interest in this part of this, but not all of this. I maybe have an interest in this, but not all of this. Now, it's not the quickest nor easiest process, but you get the chance to, to learn again. And what I mean by this is when you're a kid, you kind of go through school. You do all of your schooling and they say, okay, da -da -da -da, you do all of this and you, you graduate and all the rest of this and you get a job and you start working. At that point, you don't really get to touch on your interests again. But I always say to anybody who's quitting their job, this is your 2.0. This mm -hmm. is your 2.0. You get to go into the world again and say, that's what I was interested in. And this is what I'm interested in now. So I always say, go in there, try and do new things, eat new food, meet new people, do new things that requires you to think a little differently. And once you start doing that, you then start to slowly but surely realize new things kind of crop into your life. And then when you're ready to make that 2.0 jump, it may not be perfect the first time. It wasn't for me, right? I then bumped into something else and then said, okay, 50% of that is cool, but the other 50% I don't like, and then rub my shoulders on this. So it's a process. It is not just Eureka, I have it. You have to kind of go through it and grind. And before you know it, the more you do, You start to pick small things from things to create your own sort of what your 2.0 looks like. 
Okay, so your open-mindedness, that, 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 like, what brought you to Clubhouse? I'm, I'm curious to find out, is that, was that <laughs> part of the grind or was that part of a new thing, try out, go away from other things? That was, you're so, that is such a good question. And it was part of the go, you know, trying something new, trying something okay. completely new. What um, did you do before? Like at exactly that point when Clubhouse came around? I was working for an artist um, and essentially doing strategy for an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also at that time, because um, I wasn't wasn't being paid, I was just like, well, I don't know if I would like to work for an artist. So let me try and work for one artist. Um, doesn't really matter about the pay. I'm just trying to figure out if I like it or not, which I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's really cool when they hit milestones and, you know, you celebrate with them. So it was a brilliant thing. But ultimately, I my relationship with social media wasn't great. I just didn't really like it that much. Um, and a friend of mine, um, essentially, he said, would you like access to this application and i was like access to an app he's like yeah it's this new app and essentially it's like twitter but you're kind of talking he didn't give the best explanation um so he sends me this invite i jump on and it was just different i just remember going into these rooms where conversations would be taking place and i met some or would hear some brilliant minds talk about all sorts of things Some things I'd never thought about, other things I had an interest in. And I kind of sat there and said, well, I wonder if I could start a conversation about some things that I'm interested in. And that's essentially how it started. Okay. And then, because there must be a moment where you realized, okay, you're good at it too. You know, like, because it's not only about <laughs> that, that you like it, you, you have to kind of measure, am I good in, in, in this? Am I bringing something to the table? Is this relevant what I'm come yeah what i'm bringing yes. into this. um when did you realize that on clubhouse so what happened was i was in a room and we were talking about i can't quite remember the subject i think we we're talking about food right and we we're talking about food and the food you know mm -hmm. food and nostalgia and all these sorts of things and um i shared a story um and the story kind of went like this i was at work one day and there was somebody i really really admired. He was smart. He was funny. He was interesting. Um, and he was an intern actually, but just an incredible human being. Um, mm -hmm. and we had a conversation about food and this conversation we had about food was we were talking about, um, Caribbean food. And I mentioned that, you know, in Caribbean culture, there is something called oxtail, which is literally the tail of an I ox. I know that. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And, and graving, oxtail graving is one of the best things I've ever had in my life. Exactly. It's so good, right? So I'm vegan now, so I don't have okay. it anymore. But at the time, it was really good. <laughs> but we had this conversation about food and culture and nostalgia. And, um, you know, we spoke about if you're coming from a poor family, um, where maybe, you know, the tail of an ox is something that you may eat regularly and the, the feet of a pig is something you eat regularly, then your palate can be adjusted to that. And what we were basically saying is there were some, you know, we we're talking about our parents. I said, well, my parents, and he said the same thing to his parents, they would preferably take the tail of an ox over a fillet steak. And we had this brilliant conversation around what would be your palate and how your parents ultimately shape your palate. So I had a conversation about that in this room and kind of said that it transcends race. It transcends, you know, maybe class has a few things to do in there and, you know, where you're from in the world and all these things. And I remember talking and checking my followers before and then checking my followers after. The room maybe had 
400 people. And I think I gained maybe a hundred followers in what would be, I don't know, a minute and a half of talking and was like, whoa. And then the guy who was like, well, you know, what else did you learn? And it kind of turned into my room <laughs> rather okay. than the person's room. And it was just that conversation that spurred me to stay in the application a little more and talk to people about things that kind of interested me. And right now, what, what, what do you do on Clubhouse if you, if you are like, what do you do this week? That's a great question. Well, <laughs> I just had a conversation this morning that was really cool. Um, I run a room every morning at 9 a.m. Uh, and it's under UK the club. time? Mm -hmm. 9 a.m. UK time. And it's called 9 a.m. in London. And every day we meet up, well, every weekday we meet up at 9 a.m. And we have a small question and a big question. And What's been today's small question? Yeah, so a small question. So the small question um, today was... Okay, small question, really interesting. It's not that interesting, but it's, it's just a funny one. When you have cereal, do you have milk first? Do you put your milk first in the bowl or do you put your cereal first in the bowl? Cereal, 100%. I put milk. There's no way. Really? <laughs> I put milk first. Because I, I have, a, I, in my head, I have like a line. And once it hits that line, <laughs> I then know how much, <laughs> it sounds crazy. I then know how much cereal I need to. So the room was completely divided, right? Yeah. We've got... <laughs> 12 people on stage arguing about milk or, or cereal first. Yeah. And all these people in the audience, you know, messaging me on Instagram, like, what do you mean? You have? So it's this whole conversation that we're having. <laughs> and that's just to start the room, right? We have a, a, a small question to start the room. And then we have our big question. And our big question is today was, you know, we've got the four seasons, right? But what season would you say you are in in your life right now? Would you say you're in the winter? Would you say you're in the summer? Would you say you're in the fall? Or would you say you're in the spring? And we had some brilliant responses from people. Um, you know, some saying that they really feel like they are now starting to harvest, you know, everything that, you know, there's something to harvest. They're in that year of sort of harvesting all, the, all of their hard work. Some people said they were in the spring. They're in a brilliant relationship for the first time. And it was so, so you know, some people said they were in the winter. They said they just feel kind of like they're ready to kind of hibernate. They need to spend more time with them and step away from social media and step away from things and be more in tune with them. So a brilliant room where I speak to anybody and everybody every day. So um, it's, it's a great thing. for the well, community. Which season are you in right now? That is a great question. So I didn't actually answer this morning. So the season that I am in, I would say... I am in the fall. I'm in the fall right now. I am harvesting all of the crops that I've sown over the years. Um, all of the things that I thought may not be of use um, that I planted years ago, playing mm -hmm. the piano. Don't really play anymore, but definitely of use now. Um, I played in a room publicly on Clubhouse and there are about 400 people listening to me play the piano. So in theory, I've <laughs> I did a concert on Clubhouse just playing the piano. So all these things that I did in the past, you know, learning Japanese, all these small things have a, really put me in a position to kind of harvest from those now and use them in social audio in a way to my own benefit. So I would definitely say it is it is the fall for me, um, you know, hopefully not heading into the winter anytime soon, just harvesting, <laughs> harvesting my crops. But it's, it's also interesting that you interpret, like you think fall is harvesting. 
Other people would maybe say fall is uh, summer's over. <laughs> We need to uh, get money together to for the Christmas <laughs> presents, and it's like it's a it's it's not the nicest part of life. At least in Germany, I'm German. I'm usually like, and in the UK, fall is a horrible weather it is season. Awful. I would say so. It it's is. probably a depressing kind of season of your life, and you don't seem <laughs> depressed at all. You seem like uh, uh, yeah. End of first festival, kind of. That's that's what you you're sparking energy over there. You're you're Glastonbury, which is when uh, July, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's when not a fall thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's not, but, but uh, it feels good. There is something nice about the change of weather and the crispness of of fall. Um, you know, ro roasted acorns, and there is yeah. something quite earthy and nice about gathering all these things up. As I said, all of that work that I put in all the years before, it's now time to kind of harvest these things together. I do like so no, that. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I like the, the harvesting uh, situation. And I do like the, the setup of the rooms and stuff. I want to listen to it tomorrow. Um, so I will. Uh, that's the thing. Um, you're taking over the podcast over here. I'm, I'm a little confused. You gotta, I'm the host, you know, of the co-host of this podcast. And I'm very happy to give you the, 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 uh, whatever, the, the podcast mic. But you need to understand, like, like you need to tell me what's happening. What, what, what do we expect? What, because I'm going to go into the audience and I'm going to listen to you. So what is IWCX Abraxas? So what, with, like, what happens? So it's going to be a takeover, but less so a takeover, a collaboration. Through, you know, you know, the half a million followers that I now have on Clubhouse, I've managed to bump into Ooh, some. That's, but that's big, right? Yeah. It's so you're one of the main of guys on Clubhouse with that. Yeah, I'm the most followed in, in Europe and the UK right now. It's uh Congratulations <laughs> it's a to lot that. Of fun. Thank you. So it's gonna be I've met some incredible people. Some absolutely incredible people, some some real thinkers. And what I want to do is And some of them are brilliant creators too. I want to bring some light onto some of these amazing people. So I have some brilliant guests lined up that we're just going to talk to. We're going to talk about anything and everything. We're going to talk about milk or milk first or cereal <laughs> first. We're going to talk about what season of their life they're in. We're going to talk about the first moment they realized they wanted to pivot from something into something else. We'll talk about anything. We'll let the conversation flow organically. And as we talk, what we'll do is we'll bring more people onto the stage. So it sort of as a one-on-one -on -one conversation and then somebody else will be brought in, another thinker, and then somebody else will be brought in. So we'll, we'll filter it out where there are two main people. So I'll be talking to somebody, but we'll also get questions and engagement from other people that I know that are brilliant in the social audio space and will have their own questions and own unique spin to put on some of these interesting questions that I may have. So it's going to be a real myriad of minds and I'm really excited. I can't tell you who I've got coming on, but there are some brilliant people. Not only are they famous in the social audio world, but yeah, they're famous in, in, you know, in the, in the, what do I call it? The real world too. So really looking forward to this. No, it sounds amazing. I'm super looking forward. But at the end, so so Partners in Time, our podcast will be on pre-holiday break. That's, that's how we call it. And in these six weeks, starting November 5th, um, You are gonna, your, your project is called Creator's Time. 
and it's on Clubhouse, but we record it on Clubhouse, correct? And then mm -hmm. we upload it to our platform. So if anybody out there did uh, subscribe to our podcast, Partners in Time, you will be uh, able to listen to the sessions out of Clubhouse. You don't have to go to the Clubhouse sessions in live. You should. It's more interesting because then you can uh, participate maybe as well. But yes. at the end, uh, the recording of it, we upload to our podcast app and that's going to be Creator's Time Sort of like like your holiday break replacement, or I don't know the the right expression for that. I'm I'm super curious about it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And as I said, I've got some really interesting people to talk to. Just people that have, and this is the beauty of the app. You get to meet some yeah. people that have done some weird and wonderful things in the world. Do you do some other stuff in podcasting? Because like your voice is amazing. You speak very nice, and and so that's why you're super like. It's what you say, but it's also how you say it. So podcasting should be also a thing that, that you go into. What, what's coming up on that kind of? Yeah. Yes, there is something coming up, but it's a little bit secretive right now. <laughs> Come on, it's just between but, you and me. <laughs> Give me a little hint, a, a tiny hint. So there is, there is something coming up. There's a podcast coming up that I will be front running <laughs> and it's going to be visual and audio as well. Uh, so you're gonna be, you'll be able to see me and hear me as well, which is going to be good a lot of fun but more of this there are so many conversations that i want to have with some brilliant thinkers and i've you know been thrusted into the limelight so to speak so that a lot of people that i've met that are creators and ceos and all these other sorts of people but i would love to bring them in together to see what comes out of it something that's far less scripted than a podcast mm -hmm. something that's more about people coming together that have never met And just see what comes out of it. So it's going to be really interesting. I can't say any more, but I am super excited to get it going. We've got a long list of guests and I've kind of, you know, some people say, well, I'm matching people. There is no matching. There will be no matching. There will be no script. It is going to be live and recorded and just brilliant conversation with people that are just thinkers. Breakfast, I, I do understand like, I was a little confused for your the first answer you answered and uh, the first question you answered was what do you do? So it was mm. a little bit like okay but now 30 minutes later I I understand it. I'm brilliant. <laughs> I'm finding out what it is that you do and it's it's quite a pioneer new cool new thing. And I'm very impressed of it. Did you did you learn that in traveling because it's I think similar to traveling learning new things, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and stuff like that. Um would you say you learned that in traveling and uh, or where did you learn that that is a great question travel for me is super important um i cannot remember who said it but they said travel is the cure for ignorance and i truly do believe that's the case because what you'll find is if you grow up in one place in one city in one town there's somewhat you know this kind of homogeneous thinking you end up thinking the same way everybody else does and it's not because you want to it's just that you eat the same food You, listen, you watch the same news channels, you interact with the same shopkeeper, you, your interactions are kind of the same. But once you step out of that and you maybe live somewhere else, maybe at first it's a different town and then maybe it's, you know, a different country and things start to open up to you. What you then realize is what may be right or, or deemed as correct in the UK is definitely not deemed as correct in Japan or even America. There were all these small intricacies that you then pick up on and learn. And it allows you to be more, hmm. 
lucid. Humble as well, yeah, yeah. Humble. Reset, yeah. yeah, humble and lucid and go with the flow. You're just ultimately yeah. trying to learn. So that is definitely something that's played a big role in sort of, you know, my attitude towards towards life more so recently as well. Just, um, you know, go with the flow and learn what you can and take what you can from these things. But yes, it is, travel has definitely played a big role in me just being more comfortable in me. I couldn't agree more because I'm, I'm, I've traveled to 92 countries, so I'm, I'm on the what? way to three digits. So, and that's the main thing, what, what built my personality. So, and I don't want to miss it. Like that's the main thing to be able to central Africa is an insane place to travel to. I think that's like Uganda or Botswana or like, like there's Nigeria. There's so many crazy places that really change your personality and that's isn't that what it's all about to you know like to learn to yeah. change to, to get to know the best version yeah it's interesting you've got it it's it's learning and unlearning right yeah. that's because the learning part is really important and i think we stress that a lot at school you're going to learn for these exams and you'll learn for all of this but as you're learning there are some things you have to unlearn as well and as i said once you start going to these different countries in different places you're like well That was taught to me when I was, you know, 10. That ne definitely isn't what happens here. So let me kind of unlearn that mm. and then kind of relearn because it's not the same. It's not quite the same here. So yes, learning, but as you, I think unlearning is such an important topic and I think it's somewhat overlooked. We just, this, this, this thirst for knowledge, but you do have to kind of reset, rewire, unlearn and then relearn again too. I love that. So we do have a segment of like reoccurring questions. So um, I do want to ask you two or three questions. Number one, do you have a watch on your wrist right now? Do you know what? Unfortunately not. <laughs> did you have one yesterday on your wrist? I did have one yesterday on my wrist. Which one was it? It was the big pilot. <laughs> Good. Yes, yes, Why? yes, 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 yes. But it's currently not on my wrist right now. Why But did yes. you put it on yesterday? Yesterday I was going to uh, a, an event. It was the opening of an art exhibition in the Lux in London. It was brilliant. Um, and they've got 12 artists together that are doing these brilliant things with light. It's all around light and and. 3D and holograms and it's just brilliant. So I was, you know, had VIP access. So I had to, you know, look the part. So I have my flex a little bit. Flex a little <laughs> bit with my yeah, you know, <laughs> with my big pilot watch on. So yes, I had a watch on, but it's not on me right now. <laughs> it's very, very good. Second question, what if if you would have more you have more time? Because because you seem like a person who has a lot of things on his plate. And um, what would you use it for if you would have more time? Do you know what? Some people would, you know, mine, mine are going to seem a little selfish, but if I had more time, there are two things I would love to do. One, I would love to play the piano more. I don't know why, yeah. but I see, I, I can't quite find the time to play more. So that's one thing I would love to do for my enjoyment and for other people's enjoyment, if they would love to listen to me play. So that's mm -hmm. one thing I would love to do. The second thing I would love to do if I had more time is continue my Japanese studies. So when I was at university, um, I was studying Japanese as well as computer science. Oh. And I, I miss studying a language. I, and more so I miss studying Japanese, I should say. So if I had more time, I would definitely continue my pursuits of music, but also 
definitely, definitely pick up Japanese language again. I think all of this, all of the kanji I knew, so all of the the symbols I knew, I probably knew 600 by the time I was leaving. I probably know 10 symbols now <laughs> um, because I wasn't using it and I, I, feel, I feel like I've lost it all. And Braxis, you should quit your job right now and start playing piano. <laughs> <laughs> and learn Japanese. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, what are you most proud of on a personal level? Like, like what's, what are you proud of? I would say I am most proud of so many things. But in particular, I would say leaving. Leaving a, a situation that just no longer served me. Um, There's a quote out there that says, the majority of men lead lives of quiet desperation. I was the majority of men. I would wake up, put on my suit, put on my tie and go to work and just be miserable ultimately, right? And to step away from that and to step into the unknown and to put trust back in me, that's what I'm most proud of. Because if I was still there, I, you know, I don't know where I'd be now, but I wouldn't be here having this conversation with you. That's a perfect <laughs> sentence. It's it's really interesting to listen to you. And honestly, you did inspire me in 35 minutes. I don't want to know how much <laughs> you're going to inspire me in the in the next uh, episodes and on Clubhouse listening to you. I'm pretty sure people will listen to this and will be inspired. Thank you so much uh, for your time. Thank you so much for opening up. Thank you so much for uh, taking over uh, during the break. Uh, I'm super stoked to listen to what you're going to create there. Me too. I'm super excited. And yeah, hopefully, you know, uh, now that I can leave the UK, you may see me in Germany sooner than later. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's meet. Let's hang. I, I, I think we would get along very much. And oh, one last sure. thing for you guys out there. Um, this was the last episode, Partners in Time, before our pre-holidays break. Um, in this pre-holiday break, Brexit is going to take over. So stay tuned and uh, listen to Creator's Time. Um, and then... Oh, I think in December, uh, Chris and I are going to be back with Partners in Time. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to enjoy this break. I will enjoy it and uh, yeah, talk to you in December. Thanks, Abraxas. Talk to you soon. Hopefully, I will meet you in person one day. Definitely. The pleasure is all mine. Bye-bye. <laughs>